0: Before we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 3rd of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. northern power women podcast for your career and your life no matter what business you're in
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. And this is the podcast which is all about highlighting role models and sharing some brilliant personal and professional stories with you. And what we want to do is hope to bring you some of those top tips, strategies, advice, guidance, whatever it may be to help you navigate you on your own path. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by Rita Collins, who is the Regional Director for Corporate Banking at NatWest. Rita's over in beautiful York, um, living with her husband, their daughter, six ducks, 15 chickens, and a swarm of bees, and Connie, the mini dash. I love little dash Um uh, Rita is a total foodie and self confessed sports junkie and a doctor. Yorkshire woman, welcome Rita to the
0: pod. God, thank you so much. When when I hear that, it makes me sound like a farmer, and I'm not. We just (laughs) we like our animals.
1: (laughs) You absolutely do. You really do. My goodness, that is a menagerie. And I always love on the podcast when I get the chance to chat in advance. And I think we've had a good old a good old chat up front. And one of the things that you talk about is your different mantras, and you talk very much about that health and well being first. That's something that's really important to you isn't it and really important in your teams you're senior in your role but that's something that is quite key isn't it
0: yeah definitely so I um I head up a team I should kind of caveat that it's corporate banking on the Yorkshire and northeast side of the Pennines I think my uh, my, my colleague in Manchester might get a little bit upset that I've used that to him otherwise um yeah, but uh, health and well-being. I mean, fundamentally, I head up a team. So, you know, I'm not directly responsible for holding customer relationships. Um, and the way I see it is that my team will bring the best of themselves to work if they are healthy. And I mean that both physically and mentally, etc. But I think we were just talking prior. And, you know, one of the things that I always sort of say to the team is health and family first, always, um, you know, Things crop up day to day, whether that's something to do with them as individuals or something in their family, um, and and they need to go off and deal with it. And I just think it's super important that that comes first because the bank will always be here, and there are other people that can pick things up in your absence. But you're never going to replace that time with either your health or your family. So yeah, super important.
1: And you talk about you know finance can have a reputation of having that poor you know sort of balance in in your life. Is that the true reality? I don't. I don't think there's any sector out there that's really nailing work-life balance.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's really tough. I mean, fundamentally, we're here to serve our customers, aren't we? So if we've got customer demands at, at, at the end of each day or whatever, we will do what we can to, to to meet those. But I think you know, when I first started the bank, and I started in London in 2006, I think it was. Um, it felt very different. It felt very much that, you know, you had to work from dawn till dusk and then some and uh, and be in the office constantly. And I, I think that's definitely evolved. You still have to work hard. There's no taking away from that. But I do think there is a, a better balance. Um, like you say, I don't think anybody's nailed it. If they have, if they could let me know, that would be amazing. And you have spent, like you say, your whole career, haven't you, in at NatWest?
1: Um, how did you know you wanted to work in finance? How? What was your jump or leap into the internet, West?
0: I didn't. Um, I, I used to joke. I, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, I fell into NatWest. West. So I um graduated back in two thousand and six. Um sadly my dad, who was a massive influence on my life, he um he passed away between my second and my third year. And that was the time where everybody was kind of applying for graduate schemes and all of that. And the time kind of passed me by because my life was about something very different. Um I graduated. I kind of got through that final year. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really myself, but I got there. And then I thought, oh my god, what do I do? And um, my sister worked for a business who banked with RBS at the time. Now, now NatWest. Um, and so she asked her bank manager if I could have work experience. <laughs> so I started on two weeks' work experience. So not a graduate, not on the graduate scheme. I've got a law degree, but none of that mattered. I came in on two weeks' work experience. Um, and I've not left, and I came in on the smallest salary so the 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 starting rung of salary in in sort of corporate banking um, and then just slowly worked my way sideways upwards, sort of different different directions over the course of the last, what, 17 years, 18 years. And that's really interesting because we we do, um, we run monthly
1: power-ups, virtual power-up sessions, which is all about passing on, you, you know, passing on your skills and your knowledge and um, trying to give people opportunities to, to see what it's like in the world. Because it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. You know, careers guidance, I think, has always been sort of quite challenging. So I think it, you know, to try and find that way. So I think the more that people, the, the idea that you had that two-week work experience you can actually look under the bonnet to a certain extent and I not know, you know in, in those two weeks but that's amazing and you know you the importance of giving back I think is really key and I know something that's you're passionate about as well
0: definitely um so I, you know I, I've got a kind of mentality of paying it forward and I think you know Ultimately, we're on the, the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm a female in, in what's perceived to be a, a male-dominated environment or a male-dominated industry. And it is, you know, it's still very much that. Um, the bank has been fantastic and change is happening. We, we've kind of pledged to have full gender balance by 2030. Things are changing, but change takes time. Um, so I'm, I'm really passionate at kind of turning around and making sure that I'm talking to the people coming through the organisation to say, you know, you can absolutely, absolutely do what you want to do. You know, whatever it is, whatever anybody wants to do, I'm a full believer that if you want to do something, you can make that happen. And I just kind of make sure that I'm passing along any experience that I've had, good or not so good, because, you know, life is life. We all make mistakes or we have difficult experiences that we have. And just talk about kind of, you know, what I've done and some of my kind of mantras and uh, and lessons, I guess. So, so one of the things I always talk about is, just say yes, you know, when you're given an opportunity, you know, and, and this is more so kind of in the younger years because as you, as, as we tend to get older, we get more kind of dependency. So whether that be other halves, mortgages, children, whatever it is, but in the early years when you've got the ability to just say yes, so it's you know, do you want to work on this project? Absolutely. Do you want to be considered for this role? Yeah, absolutely. Don't worry about the promotions and all of that; it will happen. And. I think the thing is, is whilst I go and I have these conversations with some of the youngsters and I was at a talent program last week doing exactly that, I come away feeling really inspired. (laughs) You know, it lights a fuel or a fire in me because they're just so passionate and that, you know, it's exciting. And they were there doing some, um, they had a, a task where they had to generate some ideas about interacting with the younger generation in the community. And they had some fantastic ideas, two of which I think might actually go further, but yeah, I, I I really enjoy the kind of development aspect of my role and spend a lot of time outside of my day-to-day kind of responsibilities talking to youngsters, male and female, but I do, like I say, have a have a bit of a passion for, for females coming through. And time is one of the biggest gifts. we talked about that on the podcast before. Timing is
1: time your time is one of the biggest things that you can give. And I know you're particularly uh, focused as well about supporting
0: individuals from diverse backgrounds. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I'm not. I'm not sure if anybody will be able to see this. Um, and with a name like Rita Collins, it may not give me away. But um, I'm. Uh, my background is Indian. So both my parents are, are, um, were born in India. I was born in this country. Um, I'm female. I'm working in you know what was historically a male dominated environment. Um, But more than anything, I have a young daughter. She is nine today, actually. Um, She is autistic. She was diagnosed with autism about three years ago. Um, And I see how differently she sees the world and I see how differently she responds to the world. So I feel as though I have um, a duty, a responsibility, not just to my daughter, but I guess a bit of a wider civic uh, duty to make sure that there is diversity of thoughts because, fundamentally if we all think the same then we'll all do the same thing and nothing changes it it's like an echo chamber isn't it oh yeah i think that's a great idea oh fantastic nobody's challenging and i think it's really great when you get people from all kinds of backgrounds whether that's different socioeconomic backgrounds whether that is um you know male female it's different ethnicities whatever it is the more people you can bring around a table the better solutions you will come to and fundamentally more than anything as an organization We need to represent our communities and our communities aren't just, you know, um, you know, God, I'm about to sound almost insulting, but, you know, it's not just one sort of um, one aspect of the the demographic. It's not just all male or all female or all young or all old. It's, It's across the spectrum and we need to be mindful of that and we need to replicate that in order to best serve them.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think when you're having conversations, uh, whatever conversations you have, you need to make sure that you've got representation around the table, whether it be age, whether it be geolocation, it's it's everything, isn't it? And, you know, we talk about location where you are an adopted, an adopted northerner. um, When you made the big sort of uh, the big move up north, did you notice any sort of key differences from working in London to working up north?
0: Yeah, I think I think so. Um I mean first of all I didn't have that awful commute into London which even now haunts me uh, absolutely haunts me. But I think um I think what I would say is I've had to work hard in both the north and the south but in the north there seems to be a better balance of work life. Um and I I don't know if it's a geographical point so in London if you wanted to go out every night of the week with your professional network you probably could everyone tends to commute into London and there's a big nightlife and and funnily enough when I first moved to uh to Leeds back in 2012 it was before the trinity and I remember on a Thursday going into Leeds after work to think oh yeah I'll just go around the shops and get to know my local sort of you know shopping center it was all shut and I just thought in London it 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 closes a lot later than this, so, so that was one of my first things. But more than that, it's kind of that work life balance, um, and then also kind of just um, culturally, it feels a little bit different. Um, and I wouldn't say this was just unique to, to NatWest or anything, but at times in London, when I talk to my friends and and you know old colleagues, etc., that I've still kept in contact with. At times it can feel like a bit of a rat race in London, Um, whereas I feel as though your time and your energy and things like that and, you know, everything you bring to the table, it it seems to be valued more in the North. But I don't know, that might just be a me thing. (laughs) I think it is, and I
1: think it's the different opportunities that you have on your doorstep, isn't it? You know, like you say, sometimes it's the commuting into London for a reason, whereas on your doorstep from York, from Leeds, from Liverpool, from Manchester, you've got everything, haven't you? Everything you could ever ever want. Just probably saving yourself some money with the shops not being open as late. That's it's probably
0: not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not sure the uh, every delivery man would agree. That <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs>
1: and as you've gone through your career and like you say you you've not necessarily had a straight route you've kind of gone sometimes it's that um oh it's got like a pinball approach sometimes isn't it where you're going from from left to right and and obviously you've grown uh, a family you've got your daughter you've got your your animals um and you know what what's NatWest or uh, the sector or the industry done to support you on your on your way up
0: yeah I'm I mean honestly I could not have asked for, for more support from um NatWest and I say NatWest it's probably more the people that I've I've worked alongside um, you know when i think about when i moved up i moved up in 2012 my ar- my husband was in the army he got posted um and i went into a, you know my my boss and said my husband's going i'd quite like to go with him what can you do um it wasn't as straightforward as that because the first response was nothing um but sure enough kind of 6 months later there was a role created for me in leeds um after I had my daughter I was supported with compressed hours which was invaluable to me and I know that that's not always supported either within our organisation or, or wider but I've always taken the view that if if you work hard and you know and you know your job permits it because it's not always possible um, and that, that is given back to you in one way or another in the support that you get and when we went through that journey of Eva's diagnosis, my daughter's diagnosis with autism, that meant a lot of time at hospital appointments and all of that stuff. And again, I've only ever had support from the people that I've worked alongside. And I think it comes, you know, it it goes back to what we started this podcast with of, you know, health and family first always. And if I hadn't have been given that time, I would have really struggled to have done a good job because I would have been feeling really guilty about not being there for my daughter and my husband who was going through it with, with both of us. And um, so yeah, I've, I've been incredibly lucky, but back to that, I like to pay it forward. I hope if you were to speak to anyone in my team, they'd say exactly the same that I look to support them in all of that stuff and make sure that they feel well supported to kind of go out and do what they need to do. Whilst also, you know, wanting them to do an exceptional job for the bank as well.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> one of the other things that makes you, you is your love of sport. Um, and in any, I think it was, I think we were chatting earlier, it was in any, any format, sport is something that's really, really key to you.
0: Why and what? Um, so to watch pretty much anything with a competitive edge, um, unless you were living under a rock, I don't think you, you must have seen the, darts over christmas I think everyone fell into the darts and fell in love with Luke L- Lissler a little bit um just watching sort of a 16 year old lad go in and uh, and it was amazing but ge- generally i can fall into anything with a competitive edge my my first love is is football it always has been um one of two daughters to an indian man he had no sons i became his quasi son in terms of watching the football um in terms of participating I've always been a sports junkie. So whether it's team sports and netball has always been a passion. Um, I've run a marathon, a couple of halves. I've cycled, I organised and cycled 72 miles for a few years um, for charity. Last year I competed in bodybuilding, which is probably a bit random to some people. But I just, the reason why is I'm a big believer in the fact that I am a better and nicer person <laughs> because I play to play sports or train or whatever it is I need that time to release energy you know frustration whatever it is and I come back a better person and I notice it myself if, if I haven't trained or I haven't exercised for a while and the same goes to nutrition if I'm not eating well I become a bit crabby and a bit miserable etc and I can feel it in myself so yeah I've always said that I I train to be a nicer person basically
1: (laughs) and you did it was last year that you did the bodybuilding and you know that had its challenges and what's what's gonna be for the year ahead what what do you think do you think it'll be something you've already done that you'll rediscover or something brand new maybe darts
0: (laughs) god I don't (laughs) think anybody would let me near a (laughs) darts board if, um, if they're sane um I actually talked about this with my husband over Christmas and um, for as far back as I can remember I've always had some kind of sporting goal or some kind of physical goal whatever it is um, you know as I was in the dark depths of prep which was what what you call that dieting period before your competition I signed up to do the Yorkshire Three Peaks which I did in um, September for the Yorkshire Beats Cancer that um, you know fantastic event really great event um but I have made i I don't know if you'd call it a new year's resolution but I've essentially said I'm not going to have any kind of physical goal or challenge for myself this year and I can't tell you how challenging that is in itself so you know even the other week I've just um gone back to running again um, and one of my friends was saying that they're now running And I literally went, oh, maybe we could. And then I was like, no, no, stop yourself. No, no, no events. Just get through the year. And if I get there, I'll be very surprised as will anybody that knows me. But yeah, that's my goal to not actually have an objective or goal to do this year.
1: That's hard when you've got the, you know, one of your mantras is sort of say yes, say yes to opportunity. So, so maybe we're just going to have to see what you stumble across on the way. And, uh, and, and, and finally, you talked about being a foodie. What's your
0: favorite food? Oh, I have the sweetest tooth known to man. So I am. Um... A bit like you were saying prior to kind of coming on to this podcast, one of my favourite things to do is just to have really good company over what I would call really good food. I'm cooking it. Of course, I say it's good. Um, and, you know, and a few drinks flowing as well. Um, I'm known for my desserts. Um, and the kind of one that I, I'd say is probably, well, there's two that I call my pièce de resistance. One is my sticky toffee pudding, which my husband's grand granddad is a, a sweet tooth and, and he's stopped eating sticky toffee pudding anywhere apart from when he comes to ours, which I think is lovely. But the, uh, the other one is, have you been to the Ivy where they do the, the chocolate bomb, the uh, chocolate sphere in your So I took that and I've put some chocolate brownie in it inside of that a chocolate soil and then a hot salted caramel pouring sauce with vanilla ice cream. And it looks, it's one of those that looks great, but it also tastes okay too. So I, I'd probably say that.
1: <laughs> oh Well, you know what? We've just done our tasting for the Northern Power Women Awards. So we had four starters, four main, three desserts. It was absolutely, it felt like the Vicar of Dhibli sketch where you're eating sort of three, three dinners. It was absolutely amazing. But is that—is that, it's how it looks as well, isn't it? Oh, Anyway, we could talk about food all day <laughs> and we will continue. Rita, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. I really, really, Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank all of you for listening. Thank you so much. Stay connected on all, all our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women and all of the others. And leave us a review. We'd love that. I'll get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. My name is Simone, and this is the Northern Power Women podcast,
0: a what goes on media production. Yeah.